welcome aboard this week's podcast of Dudes Dish Disney. No cupcakes, sparkles, or glitter mouse ears here, just Dudes Dishing Disney. This episode of Dudes Dish Disney is sponsored by Magic Vacations. Magic Vacations, discover the magic of travel. And now your hosts, the Dudes of Dudes Dish Disney. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Dudes Dish Disney. Joining us today is Jonathan, our producer and resident tech dude. What's going on, guys? Also joining us is Ryan, our co-host and the number one Disney dude. What's up, dudes? And I'm Congo Carl, former Jungle Cruise skipper, here to guide you through this week's episode of Dudes Dish Disney. And today's episode, we're welcoming back a guest who was just fantastic at a recent episode. It's the Imagineering dude, Timmy Britt. Welcome, Timmy. <laughs> hey, dudes. What's going on, guys? How are you? Great to have you back. Thanks um, for joining us. I love so, being here. In the first episode, Timmy really talked a lot about his career as an artist and the accolades he received being an artist at Disney and Disney World. But that led to a wonderful career, a career that any dude would want. Timmy was an accredited Imagineer, and he's too humble to talk about some of the awards he's got. But if you go to Timmy Britt Bar Art and look at his website and, and his uh, resume, it's unbelievable. So, as an Imagineer, like I said, every dude wants to be an Imagineer who's a Disney fan. We want to talk a little bit about some of the projects that you worked on, Timmy, and some of your favorite things uh, working at Walt Disney World. Mm -hmm. Well, sure. Uh... Well, where do you want to start? It's, uh, what was your first foray as an Imagineer at Disney World? Well, let's just set you up right here. To become an Imagineer, first of all, like in animation, I somehow got very lucky. I never went through the college program. And Disney Imagineering, you just don't become an Imagineer. Let's just, I'm not going to cut to the chase about anything and be phony about anything. To become an Imagineer is such a coveted position that you don't just get, you have to know your stuff. You have to be prepared. So you, so first of all, anybody else who wants to do it, be prepared. Now, a great advantage to you is the college program and the Imagineering internship, which is almost impossible. Like, remember when in the last episode when I said it was impossible to become an – and then I'm going to tell you it's impossible to do this too, and here's why. Because Walt said doing the impossible is kind of fun. And so I wanted to lead up to that. I may say something is impossible. That doesn't mean don't try. So – and that leads to what I'm about to say next. And you'll see that that was a really nice, sweet lay-in because I didn't go through the internship. I was in animation. I was in operations. And I got a couple promotions. And you know how they give out like, uh, you know, you'll get like a little uh, temporary spot. Disney will give you. And I did so well that they said, so through entertainment in the Imagineering department, I got a taste of that. And they moved me up and I was out of the Animation Academy and I was working with the DDG and stuff for a little while with a great thing. It was amazing. I was in Main Gate Entertainment working with one, not just one, but one guy in particular, Lonnie Smart, was just one of the most brilliant artists as far as animation goes that I ever had the privilege. He did Curious George also while he worked for Disney, just a little side thing. But that's, he, I would watch him draw sometimes and I would just be like, man, can I just have that pencil? And that's me saying that to somebody. I've had pencils in my life, my whole hand, in my hand, my whole life. Here he is just, he showed me something one day. He said, you could draw lots of cool stuff, but there's a Disney style. And it isn't until another artist of some kind of caliber says that to you, that you start to get the look, the appeal to the characters. But this is about Imagineering. I just want to let you know, 
that was a great part of my life, but it, they're kind of intertwined here where I got into the Imagineering version of entertainment. So I wasn't with the guests anymore. I was actually working on the artwork that the guests enjoy, but not with them. So it was a cool transition. I miss the guests a lot. So what do I do? I didn't go through the Disney internship. I didn't do the college program shit. And animation is completely different than Imagineering. They're two different forms of art. What nobody knew is that for 30 years, I painted 500 murals up and down the East Coast. I was born with a brush in my hand. The drawing is only part of what I've learned and studied from all my years as, as an engineer and all the years of art university, like studying and working. So that I said, okay, well, I can paint then. So what can I do? So I took a job to get into Disney in the animal kingdom just as a bus boy. I'm not kidding you. Here I am, this animation artist with all these awards, and I just wanted to climb back up again. I wanted, so I took a bus boy job, and I swear I got what fired restaurant? from- What restaurant? I was at the Boma and this, uh, in, in Animal Kingdom's Lodge, oh, man. Okay. Yeah. Yo, and I was carrying trays with like half-eaten meals and, and yeah. whatever the guests decide to leave in there. I'm not gonna make it this colorful, <laughs> but, but I wasn't that proud that I wouldn't still help. And I knew if I got in as a full-time job, well, before I got to my 90 days, which would made me full-time, everybody there realized I was way too overqualified, way too magical, but I didn't care. And they said, you know what? We think you're probably suited for something else because Timmy, you're wasting all this talent. And I said, but I believe, and I want to climb. And they said, you can't do it from the basement, man. Let's give you a leg up somewhere else. So the only way to get me through that was to actually just dismiss me from Disney. It was the right thing to do. They made the right decision. I made the right decision. And as I was walking out, the manager said, you know, they're just starting this project at Universal called um, Harry Potter. If you could just bide some time over there, I think you might have what it takes to be an Imagineer, Timmy. I said, well, that's what I came down here to do. I came here to be an animator, animation artist, but I knew that was gone. I thought, well, the only thing left now is Imagineering and it's impossible and I don't have any of the qualifications. How am I going to do it? So what I did was I said, okay, I'm a Cowboys fan. I went out to a bar and like Gators in Florida, you go to, they have the games on and I'm eating wings and I'm watching the Cowboys. But one of the animation artists, Isaac Kropp, I'll never forget him. What a beautiful person. Just one of the most beautiful people I've ever met. Soft-spoken, cares about everyone. He actually left that feature animation to go work for the union to help cast members that were having a hard time with things. That's the heart that this man has and his career, his lines, the lines that he left out were more beautiful than any line I've ever put on. I'll never tell you, I can never tell you how, what a dear friend Isaac Kropp is to me and what a fantastic talent this guy is. Anyway, he says, come on, let's go watch the Cowboys game. I saw you came down you tried back at Disney. You tried to climb the ladder. It didn't work, man. What are you going to do? I said, I don't know, man. We're watching the Cowboys game. This other Cowboys fan steps up. And this is where Walt watches out for me. He sits down next to me. He says, you're a Cowboys fan? I said, yeah, I sure am. He says, man, Isaac here tells me that you can draw. I said, no, I know my way around a pencil. He says, can you paint? I said, uh, yeah. He said, you want to come help us out on some project called Harry Potter? I said, are you kidding me? Just what those guys, it's like Walt has just been kind of, so I go over there. And now I'm working for this company called Adirondack who Universal had hired. And like that, I'm climbing, 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 because they didn't know I could paint. They didn't know I could do scenic work. They didn't know that I had engineering and, and art background to become an Imagineer. I settled for animation because I thought it's so much fun and I was right. But when that was taken away from me, the hard work actually began because Imagineering is not a joke. It's not for the faint of heart. And I say that because of the hard work, nothing else. It's the most beautiful thing you can ever do. And the people are just glorious. It's just that it's in the sun, wearing a hard hat, 
Here's sure. the hard hat. You know what that hard hat? How long were you at Universal before you came back to Disney? So if you know what Hogwarts is, Hogsmeade, the Diagon Alley, Nocturne Alley, uh, the train station, King's Cross, and then Hagrid's Market of Bike Adventure, somehow, luckily, it's like Walt followed me everywhere I went. Because I always worked as if he was watching whether I was in either park. Out of respect for the craft, if Universal hires me to do the job, I'm going to paint just as well as I would at Disney. I don't do less quality work because I'm at, not at Disney. And it kind of raises the bar for everybody. So no matter where you go in Orlando, you're loving what's going on. So I go over there and I cut my teeth a little while and climb up. And all of a sudden, people find out I'm over at Universal. And they say, hey, Timmy, we got this project called Frozen nobody knows about. Would you come on back to Epcot and join us over in Imagineering? And I said, Are you kidding me, man? I get this phone call. I'm like, like I had it, like I'm a grown man. I hung up the phone, I cried for 25 minutes. Like that doesn't happen to people. So when people say, Well, where do you get your energy? Well, when stuff like that happens and you pray for it and you work hard and you start to make a name for yourself and it comes true, gratitude is the only thing that fills your heart. I was so grateful. Like really, like Mr. Disney's watching out and like all the effort and love I put in, it picked up momentum and it came back and hit me like a freight train. Cause she says, I think I have a job for you. This is Colleen Myers. She's the head of Imagineering. She started Florida Imagineering. This woman is to me what, what like Mick Jagger would be to a kid playing a guitar. That's what this woman is to me. So for her to say, hey, I think I might've found a job for you. I'm like, okay, but she didn't say it was Imagineering. So humble. She says, yeah, come on and go check this out and sign up here and do this. And she just leads me right to the right places. Next thing I'm now I'm working with like Alan Jones and, uh, and Zach, I, his last name is slipping my mind right now. And so here we're the most controversial conversions. Oh, it broke my heart. Right? It broke. Can I just, are we dudes? Can we just talk for a minute? Yeah. When I go to magic kingdom, the very first ride I go on since I was five years old is the haunted mansion. I can't help it. It's the first ride. We skip everything. We go to, we plan our day around that being the first ride, but at Epcot Maelstrom was my favorite ride of all. And here I am with this song that is annoying the world, but kids and little girls love it. And I'm supposed to take a heart, this, this icon of Epcot that is nowhere else on the planet. It was a dude's ride. Oh you my God, was it ever? Dude's ride you know it was. For Elsa, what? Right up to the mothership, right? You're darn right, man. Hang on, I think Carl's having a heart attack. We may need to call somebody. <laughs> okay, okay, I think we're good. He settled down. Go. He looks okay. I mean, now. it's Vikings. <laughs> Jeez, it was so hot. But then I had to come to this place, and this is what your listeners need to hear, because this is. This is the magic. Like I look at things from a perspective that other people just can't possibly see because it's amazing what I've been through. So I want to say this. I was there as a five-year-old boy and I saw the magic. But I also know that times change and Imagineers. Walt said, I want to put so much land that we can keep Imagineering. And that means that things are going to have to change. Like nothing grows if nothing changes. And new people come in and new Imagineers have ideas, just like the ones that we all love that created like it's a small world. Well, guess what? Those people, God rest their soul, have passed on. And new Imagineers come in with their new ideas. And that's kind of what Walt wanted. So in that spirit, in the place that he loved most, oh my God, I almost can't say this. I had to find peace with Walt that we were going to make some changes for the future and for the betterment of the company and for something so positive. You know, I'm not a five-year-old girl. I saw what Frozen meant to those little girls and women's empowerment and, and everything that Frozen stands for, even though I'm a dude 
man, I reached across the other side and said, okay, if we're going to give this to the girls, then let's give them the best darn job we can give them. And if Maelstrom's got to go, then I'm going to put love in every brush, man, every brush stroke. And I got to tell you, that was the entrance into me. They don't just make you an Imagineer. They say, let's come see if you can work with other Imagineers first. Like seriously, I didn't have an internship or nothing. So here I am now getting this chance. And I'm telling you what, I didn't, there's 185 foot boom lift to take you up to some of these areas. I didn't need it. I clicked my heels twice and I was up 200 feet in the air. <laughs> I'm telling you, you could tell me All not right, to so, pretend. So that was, no, look at, so in a, it, from a lot of the aspects. So specifically, can you share with us within Norway, what, what were some of the things that you had a hand on and designed? Yeah. Yeah. So Maelstrom was there for quite a while yep. and the Florida sun and what we like to lovingly call people varnish, which is every skin cell boogie sweat, fecal matter that guests can ha carry on them you know not on purpose i'm not saying i'm just saying you're carrying babies through the park there's gonna be poop i'm sorry can i say that again but i mean let's be real right we've all been there and so over the years with weathering and people varnish which is the play way to say you know when a ride goes 101 you know what i mean yeah so so it de it develops this like just unmagical look after a while okay <laughs> so so the, so the imagineers see i'm trying not to give them any secrets but the imagineers know we can't shut the park down it's one of everybody's favorite but how do we reimagineer it so that we can get it ready for a fresh cool look and so as artists we understand the temperature and colors and so if you can look closely at some of the old pictures from norway when maelstrom was there and then compare it to now the differences that you see, as subtle as they are, that's middle of the night magic. Imagineers drinking coffee at 11.30 p.m., wearing like guest clothing so we can sneak in so guests have no idea. And then this even might even be too much, but it's kind of so beautiful. I just want the world to know they're not stupid. In the middle of the night, we turn that place into one of the most beautiful, new, reimagined, freshly looked pristine gorgeous places for one of the most epic adventures to take place like the lines for that are still comparable yeah. to pandora honestly and so, so that, that led for some great i mean success and the reviews oh my god no question there's no question about what you've done there disney will never break authenticity ever so even though norway may not have come in yeah. i'm telling you we, i had photographs of norway man that i had to match because the cultural yeah. programs there and everything oh I yeah when they dedicated the pavilion um in uh around 1987 um 88 when they dedicated it with uh for a reunion for my group so timmy we know you've done some work in the parks but you've also done some magical work in the resort, specifically when the new Polynesian resort emerged. Tell us a little bit about what you worked on there. Can I tell you a story that no one knows? It's amazing. I promise you, you won't please, regret it. Please do. We'll take all the stories that no so one knows. So remember when I told you about Colleen Myers who handed me this opportunity at Norway? So now they're doing the reimagining of the whole Polynesian. And I'm talking a volcano water slide in the pool, bungalows out on the lake at night, when the electric parade goes by, that have infinity little jacuzzis in each one on the deck, totally posh, top end. The, the Grand Floridian is right there. And then they made this little Sam Grotto's like bar where the tiki heads, I did all of that. Everything, the volcano, the bar, the, the bungalows. But here's the thing, the bungalows are so posh. Like I know when you pay exorbitant fees to stay at a place, I actually know what it costs to build it. And I know what, what the quality of the, 
the refrigerator, you know, the ceiling fan. Like that stuff is top. Uh, when I say top of the line, I mean, you take the top of the line, you throw it in the trash and there's one level higher. Disney spares no expense. So yes, it can get pricey, but I promise you I saw where every penny went and you're getting the deal still. I promise you that. It's hard to believe, but I'm, I'm telling you, take it from someone who knows. So the story is, now everything with Disney is a story, and I want to tell the story so bad because I never got a chance to, except for with Colleen, and she loved it, and it was really special. So there's bungalows out over the water. There's this giant volcano that could erupt at any minute, and we didn't have a story. And the bungalows are so pristine and clean and posh and elegant chrome and stuff. There's not a lot of room on them for theming other than their bungalows out on this beautiful lake. But to make them authentic, Colleen's like, I want the doors to be special. So that way every guest that comes up can see a different color door, but it has that look, that, that Polynesian look to it. So I said, Colleen, can I think about it for a minute? I go home and I write a little story because I, we can't, we, if you're working for Imagineering, there's a story. In you everything. don't just paint because it's pretty, man. There's a script and a story that we follow so that the guests for generations to come are immersed in this, okay? It's not, it's, it was pages on a book and now you can touch it. That's what Imagineering is. We take a fantasy and we let you walk into it and feel it and smell it and touch it and taste it. It's amazing. So we didn't have a story for the bungalows. So I said, well, if this volcano is about to erupt, what about the villagers, the people that live here? What happens is they're a fishing village, right? So. So the volcano is about to erupt and these people, you know, they, they worship it, you know, the, the natives of the island, they worship it. And they go out one day, all the men go out on boats to go fishing. Dudes. And so the dudes go out, right? I'll, I'll wrap this up. I'll get, I'll get back to where it is, but I want you to feel this. The guys go out, they fish. The volcano starts to erupt. He's really upset because they made a promise that they wouldn't share the land. And so the volcano, so the men go out, the storm happens destroys their boats. The women and the children are on the beach. They made a promise that they would leave this island alone for the volcano. So they made a deal with the volcano. If the gods would save their husbands and sons, they would move off of the island and share the area. So what happens is they look over the horizon and here come all the fathers and the sons on the doors of the cabin of the boat. It was the only part that broke off the boat and they doggy paddled pushing those things and riding them all the way back home safely to their families. And we took the doors off those boats that they saved those families' lives and we hung one on each bungalow to remember that we, that we, we pay homage to the volcano so we're off the land in the bungalows and each door is part of the story. She said, Timmy, I think we're gonna, you're working your way right into a helmet, aren't you? I said, please, Colleen, that's my only dream. You know, I'd love it. She, <laughs> goes, she goes, well, this is exactly how you get there. You follow in a story that's heartwarming and felt that shows the anger and power of this volcano. So the guests are thrilled, but yet they're safe because they're just off the island on these little bungalows where the magic is really happening. And every day when they come home tired from their journey through the parks, they remember what it was like when those guys came home on the boats to their family, their home to their little house in Disney. So you created that story and that's what earned you the helmet? That's what earned me the chance to get my helmet. Remember, this is not, this is impossible, okay? He's going deep now, Ryan. What do you want to know from, from Timmy tonight? Yeah, so what I, really, what I really want to know is I definitely want to hear the story of how you got the helmet, right? But then I want to know from there, like, something that's uniquely you. Uh, obviously, the doors is one thing now, but now that once you get your helmet, Something that's uniquely Timmy Britt that people uh-huh. can go to the parks and actually see. Okay. <laughs> All right. So um, 
the helmet thing is really special and I've never told anyone that either. You know, I must like you guys because you're getting it all. Um, Colleen calls me and says, hey, I got this project I think I'd like you to help us out with. You did such a great job on the Polynesian. You did such a great job in Norway. Man, we got a spot for you. But what I didn't know, and this is really sweet, is that all the artists that I worked with through Diagon Alley, we all know each other. It's one big community in Orlando of beautiful people that are artists that, that care about what we do. The craft is so important to us that we dedicate our lives to it. So there's a lot of crossing of artists. And in that process, so many people said such wonderful things about me. And then I worked so hard on these two projects. It was my turn. No internship, no Disney college program, but they saw the sweat and they saw the care. Just like as an animation artist in Disney World, I cared about what I was doing. And now the Imagineering was something very dear to Walt. So, so was animation. But it was, it, was, it was Wall who said, you know, I'm going to take in all the artists and all the engineers and I'm going to pick one engineer and I'm going to pick one artist and you're going to spend every day together because your problems and your problems have to be worked out. The artists want to hide the speakers and the engineers, we have to have speakers. We have to have safety. We have to have strength. Well, how do we hide these girders and pills? So then something was formed. It was so magical to be a part of that legacy now, because if we flash forward, I'm going to skip the part about the helmet real quick to tell you that the Imagineering story, episode six, all the Imagineers that work there for some reason, they shoot to me three and four times working and all the people that you see the executives walking through, that's my team. They could do that interview so I could work. That's how hard we had to work on that job. So she says, so Colleen, back to Colleen, she says to me, you know, we're, we're watching you close and we think we might break tradition and Actually, we understand your story about animation and every in your birthday. And so, man, don't they wait till October 25th? Oh. They wait. Oh. I'm wearing a white helmet. And every other Imagineer is on Pandora wearing their Imagineer helmet. And I didn't care. I had the biggest stupid smile on my face. I didn't care what my helmet looked like. I was painting next to my heroes, man. So they wait till my birthday. And then Jolt, who is the art director for Worldwide Global Walt Disney World, and Fabrice, one of the most talented men I've ever met, they got all the Imagineers together in this, uh, in the room with the model. Like what you don't know is we build a model first and then we go out and we build it at one tenth scale. So this thing takes up the room of say like an auditorium and there's 40 Imagineers sitting there covered with sweat and stuff. And he goes through a lot of these things and then he pulls out this box, man. Oh, he pulls out this box and he says, all the years I've been doing this, I've seen a lot of heart. I've seen a lot of magic. But everybody in this room would agree. Nobody's ever seen it to me before. He opens up the box and pulls out this shiny helmet. He hands it to me. And I said, I, I promise I will make every one of you proud. And then I ran out the door, jumped in my car, took the helmet, wrapped both arms around it, and cried for a half hour. I worked my whole life for that man. I'm sorry, but dudes need to know. Oh, and you should be very proud of that. That's the... Uh... That is quite an honor, and that's... Well, my dad said you'll never make it as an artist. I sent him a picture, and I said, I know you don't want, know what this means, but I did make it as an artist. You certainly did, and that's yeah. the testimony so, to that. So. so that's how I got my helmet, okay? I'm sorry. I didn't mean um, to bring... It's great. It's great. And for those that are listening, you know, we're on video with Timmy, so we can see, and, you know, this is true, honest emotion, but the other thing that we can see is he actually has his helmet displayed behind him. Well, you know, and and that's Walt. That's Walt and Disney. It, and, right it's, there. and it's on a statue of Walt Disney next to uh, a, a model of, of Spaceship Earth. So, well, anyway, you know, the thing you touched on in the Polynesian that we wanted is is Sam's Grotto Bard, and we're big 
I know Jonathan. So let me tell you then. Jonathan is a big fan of uh, Trader Sam's. Oh, I got a story for you that nobody heard about that, if you want. Sam's Grotto. So I'm working on everything, and then the people can see that I can do a lot of stuff now. Okay, so I can, you know, I, I know about washes and scumbling and spatter, and I know how to pull movement, and I know colors and temperature, and I know how to tell a story. And I've earned this opportunity. So they say, okay, Mr. Britt, Mr. Hotshot guy, here's the grotto. Make it happen. I said, what? They said, oh, we're going to send you with a whole different group of Imagineers that want to work with the animatronics, and we're tying you in with them. Now, all of a sudden, in my head, I'm thinking, okay, Walt, here we go. I get to work. I'm crossing. You know, we're merging with not just art, but this is my first chance to really be a part of Imagineering animatronics. You know, I was on stage with Eddie Murphy, and I got to draw, and I got backstage, and I went to the Disney vault and saw all the sketches and animation. And now I'm getting to work with Imagineers for animatronics. And I got to tell you what, oh, like they would talk to me and I'd say, excuse me, like I was dreaming, looking at them. I'm like, this is amazing. Like I became starstruck by these guys. Then I would pick up a brush and they would stand around with their mouth open and go, how can anybody, because I can paint with both hands. I could use, I can paint with two, both hands at the same time with different colors and different shapes. I, my brain, I, I'm sorry, but that's the truth. So they're watching. And when people watch me paint, they're just like, because real quick, I've, I you know, make decisions very fast. I've been doing it a long time. A lot of education, a lot of experience. So after a while, you get very comfortable. You know, I'm good with my tools. So they didn't know that. So here I am, and they say, we need a mural for the wall. We need this wall to look like bamboo that's been rolled down. We need these uh, surfboards. They're going to wiggle, but we need shadows for when they look like this. And like I'm telling you, imaginary things of everything. And God bless them for that, because that's what, they, that's what you should. If you're going to do it right, then do it right imagineering like that should be over every door because if you're gonna do it right then do it right like, that's what they do and you don't have to tell them that they know like it's inside every imagineer to just give their best every day so i don't know what do you guys think i i helped uh theme and paint and put that whole thing together with not again not the timmy Britt show the imagineering team did it my part was everything that you see that is painted is I did that by myself. I, nobody even helped me because they were so busy trying to get together the little kids water area right outside because they were ready for opening. Like when there's a deadline, it's all hands on deck. You know that. All right. Hey, Tim, if you were ever going to be an escort or a personal guide of one of our guests from Magic Vacations Travel and take them around Walt Disney World, what would be some of the ideal things you would do on your itinerary i have to tell you the truth there's something about the carousel progress that i want to take the guests back so that then i can take them forward and that was the longest running show so as much as people say oh that's not such exciting yeah but it ties in real nice because then when i take them to pandora and they get to see disney through my eyes there's little parts that guests are so excited with all the stuff that's overwhelming that they're going to miss a lot of details and i'm right there to remind them hey you might not know this but you can check out if you look up there you'll see walt's initials things like that where you have to really be there to understand it and anybody can tell you but when it comes from somebody from a place of knowing it just feels a little bit more magical because there's a certainty when I tell it, because I'm telling you the truth. Someone else could say, oh, we read in a book or whatever. No, no, I was there, and that's what happened. So that's one part of it is the authenticity. The next part is, you know, I don't want to ruin Each tour gets their own special guy. Like if I meet you one day and then, the, and then I take Jonathan the next, you're both going to get two different tours. There's never the same tour twice. Because as this conversation in our interviews have gone, you see, I just am inspired by the ideas, that, and it reminds me, and my memory is just woken up. So I, I could tell you, 
the height of this or how many light bulbs are in that or how many months it took to figure out what color this was exactly in the Florida sun. There's great details. But I'd like to tell you about how the rust that you see coming down this comes from a part where there's a part in a movie where Hagrid's motorcycle isn't working and he kicks, he kicks his kickstand and this dirt comes up. Well, that dirt was remembered to the artist, and they remember how it decayed and fell down the side of a wall years later. So even though you saw the movie and it took place then, years later the story continues. So I can help fill in the details of the stories that people just overlook because there's music and there's popcorn and there's balloons and there's fireworks. You're going to miss some of the nuances of the story, and that's where I'm a good – can I say gap filler without sounding <laughs> – I'm a good uh, – uh, story splicer, basically, page turner. I fill in the holes from the story that you wouldn't otherwise know. Every part of it's fascinating, and I don't know what to tell you. I, if you want me to tell you, I'll take it in the teacups, I will. But honestly, I'd rather sit there and tell you about the weirs that catch the water that fall in the waterfalls off of the highest mountain that floats in Pandora and why it's there. And when the sun comes through it, the rainbows that it kicks out in Florida – connecting a rainbow bridge from one floating mountain to another. Nobody knows that, but we'd set it up just right that the mist, when the sun catches it, creates natural rainbows that you can see. It's a beautiful thing, and that's the kind of example of the little things. And we might get lucky. I'm very magical. We might walk by when one of those rainbows happens, and there you go. The tour sells itself. There you go. It certainly does. So I, I have to ask you about one of the places that's near and dear to my heart. That I Go ahead, shoot. You worked on the hangar bar at Disney. Oh, I did. I forgot that whole part. Yeah. yeah. And I, oh, that's man. one of my favorite places. I'm a huge Indiana Jones fan. Everything you see in that bar, inside and out, I touched. I brushed it or moved it or stained it or did something to it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh. So, <laughs> so I got to tell you, there's a girl named Maureen Hudas who was also an Imagineer. Well, she never really went all the way with it, but they just called her every time. The girl's so talented. Like when I look at her work, I just want to throw up like, blah, like that's how I compliment her. She goes, Timmy, what do you think of this? And I go, that's five pukes. Blah, blah, blah. Like it's a puke scale. It's so beautiful that somebody can be so talented. You want to throw up anyway. That's how artists talk to each other. But she was the lead on that. And she said, I'll take Timmy any day of the week. Now we had worked on Harry Potter together. So now we're reunited and this girl and the Imagineering team, came up with a story for that that I just fell in love with, man. And it was right over the water. You know what I mean? So not only were you working there, now you're in, in – it was actually downtown Disney. I think they didn't change it over to Disney Springs or they were about to. It was right in the right. change. And so things are shut down, and you, wouldn't, you guys wouldn't have recognized it. That's one thing that people don't know. Before an attraction is there, there's nothing but mud. Yeah, and mosquitoes. Yeah, mud and mosquitoes. <laughs> so – so to see it come in front of your eyes, like to life, like growing right out of the magic soil that is Disney property. I'm watching it happen. I know how they're doing it. And I still can't believe it. Is, like, there a piece the of, is there a piece of Jock's Lindsay's hangar bar that stands out in your mind? of something that you did there that you're like, oh, yeah, we got to do this. Uh, I, I'm going to tell you something I could get in trouble for, but I'm going to tell you anyway. A piece that stands out for me is we're out back. And, uh, oh, my God, we dropped a hammer. Oh, we dropped a hammer down. By the way, there's a little hammer in that lake. Just little, <laughs> you know, there's hidden Mickeys. Well, there's a hidden hammer. We dropped, we couldn't get it. So uh, I'll never forget that. But we're painting this one part, and some guy from some other construction park comes through with these pipes. And, man, he rocks my railing and knocks a piece off. 
So we collect the trash and stuff, but we can't leave it for the guests. So I take a box of trash and I'm about to throw it in my car, but a little piece of wood came off. And I said, if this is ever popular, I'm going to put this in my, you know, my little shelf. Like I have a little piece of the hanger bar. That's all it was. It's a piece of wood. It's nothing. You wouldn't know it if I didn't tell you. So that's a little piece that I have about what I had to do with it. I'll tell you, it's, it's high art. I hope that your audience can get it, but there's a thing called perspective in art, especially when you're forcing perspective or you're trying to get a guest to feel a certain thing. Sometimes you have to use a trick of the eye, which is called trompe l'oeil. It's a trick of the light and you can make people think things are further or closer. My contribution to that, which was something where my decisions really made a difference because I painted the whole thing. It's, you know, it's, you take something and you make it look a thousand years old or, or 500 years old, or it has exhaust from the airplanes in one area where the hangar was. You got to think of everything. Bird poop like pigeons, like seagulls, and there would be, so that's not really bird poop, I, I, I painted that there. So maybe you're not allowed to say that either, I don't know, that's kind of giving away the magic, but uh, we wanted that ceiling to look higher than it was. So you can see your eyes are telling you it's 30 feet away, right. but your brain is telling you that it's 60. Why? Because I learned how to just change the perspective of the wood grain. So what you think is wood grain is me lying to you through paint so that you think that it's a higher ceiling than it really is. And I had to find a way to do that. So when you're up there painting, you don't know what it looks like from the ground. You have to understand perspective and say, I'm sure if I do this this big, it'll look like that from there. So that might seem kind of boring that's in awesome. my art. No, that's awesome. And that's but other artists would love what I just said. And there's no, other people no, out there. That's part of the magic. And that's I probably shouldn't have said any of it, but the guests aren't stupid either. You know, at one point we've been doing this for 80 years. The guests know that, there's somebody behind this and that's the Imagineering team. I'm just going to break a little bit with tradition and say, Hey, there's feeling and thought in every single thing you do. So don't complain when Disney raises prices because I know where that money went. So if I can just promote the fact that they go that extra mile, that's all I'm trying to do here is give that how much Disney puts into the every detail. Ryan, do you have any last questions for, uh, for Timmy? I do. So, Timmy, I, I do have a favorite piece of art myself uh, in the parks, and, and just to share it, because John and I were recently at the parks, and uh, it's the mural outside of uh, Spaceship Earth is oh one of my one of my favorite pieces of art in the parks. But I'm curious if if you have a favorite piece of art in the in the parks Aww. that's not of your own. That that's something. What a great question! One yes, of your teammates did. Oh, that's so. What a great question! All right, so it's no secret that the Imagineers put in hidden Mickeys, right? There is one, uh, one of the Imagineers that I got to say was one of the most humble, beautiful, amazing women I've ever met in my life. And any other Imagineer will tell you, she is the most amazing Imagineer. Like the girl's humble and her name is April. And when she paints, the other Imagineers just stop. But she doesn't, she keeps her head down, just works. And then she doesn't accept, she doesn't really, she's kind of private, but her work and her work ethic, it's just, so that's why I want to mention April in that, and Vess started sweeping popcorn, making popcorn, and then is one of the lead artists at Disney Imagineering. Vess, Vess uh, Roach was one of the coolest guys I ever worked with. Um, but in Pandora, okay, there's no Disney. It's a whole nother world. You won't see Mickey dressed as a Navi. You know what I mean? They didn't cross that. James Cameron was very clear to say, this can't be broken from the, the theming. And we all agreed with them. This is another world and you're in Disney and you know that. Animal Kingdom has got such an authentic thing to it. Like each country's authentic, you know. So we all said, okay. But after a while, he, he kind of chilled out. He's like, this is so much fun. 
you know, where's all those cool hidden Mickeys we talk about? So somewhere it trickled down that he had said that, which gave the Imagineers a green light. And I watched, I got to sit back and watch bushes on a mountain, 75 feet in the air. I got to watch an Imagineer take three bushes, create them in such a color that if you're not walking across the bridge at the right time of day, you will never find this thing. I mean, the sun has to be, it's talk about Indiana Jones. If the sun's just right, and I'm talking between May and like July, it's not all year long. You cross the one bridge that's between the underwater, uh, the Navi boat, the bride, and of course the flight of the Banshee. You cross this one little bridge by the big mountain with the waterfall. That's that bridge I'm talking about. Look up and to your left. If you're there at the exact time of day, the sunlight's on these three yellow bushes, and there he is, the Imagineering hidden Mickey. That it's one of the most coolest things. Like, it's hard to tell when I lift off the chair because I don't just get goosebumps on my arms. Telling that story, I get them on my butt, and it rises me up off my chair. That was the, one of the coolest <laughs> moments as an Imagineer I'll ever. Well, and I'll tell you what, Timmy, one of the coolest moments we've had is having you as our guest again. Aww. Thank you. And I want to encourage all our listeners to go to timmybrit.art and pre-order his book and check out his website. Thank you. And uh, we can't wait to talk to you again soon. So, Have me on any time, guys. I love it here. I thanks, feel right Timmy. at home. Thank you. Later, dudes. Later, dudes. Later, dudes. Later, dudes. Thanks for joining us for this week's episode of Dudes Dish Disney. Please check us out on social media on Facebook.com at Dudes Dish Disney, on Instagram at Dudes Dish Disney, on Twitter at Disney underscore dish. Please visit our sponsor Magic Vacations at magicvacations.net. More than just a travel agency, Magic Vacations has over 100 Magic Vacation planners committed to bringing you white glove concierge service. Using a Magic Vacation planner allows you to spend more time making memories and less time worrying about the details. For all of your Disney, Universal, Cruise, and Global Travel, go to magicvacations.net. Magic Vacations. Discover the magic of travel.